Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey B. MTG. What is up, bro? Hey, bro. I am doing so good because I'm finally able to start playing Magic again. It is, uh, it is honestly been a huge relief. I've just been able to game nonstop for the last few days and it's been glorious. How are you liking that new uh, table? Oh my God. Yeah. Good suggestion on that one. I never realized how much I wanted to be standing and gaming while also playing with my puppy, running around, you know, my basement like a maniac and then coming back quick to do my turn. Maybe that's not the best for my opponents, but the dog loves it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, uh, I ended up getting getting that table during COVID and falling in love with it. And then, so for everyone that's listening, Corey was getting a upgrade mm-hmm. on a desk and didn't exactly know what he wanted. And I kind of pushed him towards the Sandy desk. And then, yeah. you know, when he got it, he didn't get the table, the, the, the actual like the bamboo tabletop, yeah. top. Yeah. For, for an extra week. And he got all the equipment and started setting up. He's like, wait, there's no table. <laughs> and then once it finally came, I was like, God, I really hope he likes this table because I really push it. And it's not, it's, it's not cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little expensive. And then just like the setup, you know, it took like three, four hours, which is probably longer than I ever had the attention span to build anything. So yeah. it was like stressful right away. But then that first oh, yeah, I've seen you build decks it. before. Exactly. And like, God, if, yeah. they, if they take four hours, I'm I'm in a lot of trouble with that deck. I should really just bench <laughs> that one. But after I got it set up and standing, I'm just like, oh, this is insane. <laughs> and did you did you figure out, did you set your ones too so you could just hit one button and go to where you want it to the top and to the bottom? Yep, I got one, two, and three set. Like my seated, standing where I'm in stream range so the camera i don't have to adjust or anything and then three where it's standing at the highest height where it's just comfortable for me playing but not the best for a stream wise so i got three yeah, settings I, I i actually have that too i have yeah I, I have that as well i have one for streaming where i want my hand a little lower and then i have one for standing typing because that's yep. the big thing is like standing typing needs to be higher yep and and yeah just standing when you know i'm doing other stuff uh, I want it to be just basically I'm looking directly at the screen and my arms can just easily rest on the thing. So yeah, this and, and my force setting is just on the ground. So when I'm like laying like calendar style, I can be playing magic as well. Yeah, it does. It does get low. <laughs> I actually haven't tested how low it gets. I was mostly joking, but I believe it. I believe it, it. gets real low. <laughs> A nice practice for the limbo kind of thing. You really could limbo oh, underneath this. Oh, for sure. Especially, <laughs> well, I could limbo underneath it at its highest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might even be a stretch for me. My back doesn't move that way anymore. So no, neither does mine. <laughs> give give it five more years. All right. Yeah, but didn't you tweak your back playing cam jam? <laughs> I did. It was really bad too. And then I and then I came over and tried to help you for a few hours, and then I was seasoned up. Yeah, yeah. See, Brad really just wanted to get out of uh, helping out clean the old place, so he's like, "Oh, cam jam." I, I got hurt, you know, it just so happens I wasn't at this gathering over at the Anderson house. I cleaned your toilets. You take that back. (laughs) I take it back. I take it back. I I, I cleaned those toilets and I thought of grandma while I was doing it. Yes. That sounds weird for a lot of people, but (laughs) our, our, uh, our, our, our wonderful grandma, you know, 
God bless her soul. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to have to go over to our uncle's bar and clean it when we were children. Yeah, yeah. She definitely <laughs> taught us early a good work ethic is very important. It was just it was just a lot of work right, right at the beginning. But but she taught oh, us it right. Was a ton. She taught us she right. She did. She taught us right. She taught us to clean. Yes, and here we are, if podcasters. <laughs> and 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 she taught us if there's time to lean, there's time to clean. When I was at Corey, there was nothing to lean on, so it was just clean. It was just time to clean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm in my setup. I'm in my office right now. Now it might be a little echoey for you all. Um, yeah. I I'm waiting my Amazon order. It comes today for I've got like forty of those, um, forty eight of those like uh, foam pad soundproof foam. Yes, yeah. and a bunch of things. We're gonna set them up in this room. It's it's a good size room for just streaming, but it's just a box, so it's echoey as hell. You're not in like the kitchen anymore. Like you actually, you're set up in a room. Oh no, Amber! Amber kicked me out of there. She's like, I'm not <laughs> dealing with your noisy ass out here all the time. No, I'm, I'm in the side room. Uh, there, there's no closet in here. It's just, it's perfect though because the last tenant we knew them. Yeah. They ran, they ran an Ethernet cable to this room from the box. Oh, uh, what kind of cable? So, an Ethernet. I thought you said Ethernet. I might have said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, it, but yeah, it's it's running all the way into this room, so I don't even. We might not even have to set up my arrows. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. That, that's for me. Like downstairs with the hardwire connection in here, it's amazing. I don't think I'll need those arrows, but for upstairs, it definitely needs them. But I wouldn't need it for like the computer, at least. Yeah, well, I mean, I can always show you the setup for Eros. If we don't need them, we'll yeah. see what it's like in a week or two when our stuff actually gets here. Okay. Still wait, still waiting on that. Yeah, I one last thing before we uh, get into the magic is right now I have my office um, next to our bed, which is down here, uh, because we just do not have our actual bed set up. Um, so, like, I went down here to do the podcast, and I was like, sorry, Tor, I'm going to be just yelling at my computer here at 930 in the morning. But we, we bought a bed two days ago and it'll be delivered uh, this weekend. So we'll, we'll be able to oh, avoid nice. that problem. What, what, what kind of bed you get? I got this. It's called Nectar and it's like a king size Tempur-Pedic. So we, we, we oh, kind of balled nice. out. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we, have a, we have a California king. Yeah. Oh, do you want to hear, hear quick my bed story where I tried to salesman to salesman and failed? Oh, yeah, I love hearing your salesman fail stories. So a little preference to this. I used to be a salesman for a home improvement company a long time ago, uh, going around selling people siding windows, all that kind of stuff. And we get taught all these things, you know, like create urgency, all these kind of scummy salesman tactics, realistically. Like I didn't realize it at the time, but they're just scummy salesman tactics. And uh, I go and I'm looking and we're looking through this bed and stuff. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's a big markup on furniture. I can probably talk them down a little bit when it comes to this. And uh, we get our quote at like 2,500 or something. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah, our budget's only like, you know, 2000 right now. Is there any way we can get it down to that? Uh, It's just a little bit out of our budget for us here. And he's like, ah, he like goes to the computer and starts typing. And I kind of look over at Tori and smirk. And she's just like, if this works, I swear to God. And then he takes off like 80 bucks. And I was like, sorry, that's all we can do. And I was like, yeah, I guess we do still have a couple other furniture stores to check out. We're really looking for this kind of bed, but at that $2,000 price range. And he's just like, yeah, sorry, I can't really do that. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I guess we'll just uh, go check out. I think that American Freight is right next door, which is like a cheap furniture place for anyone listening. 
So I was like, okay, as we walk out, I'm just expecting to him to be like, okay, wait, 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 fine. We can get you, we can get you a little bit cheaper. And as we keep walking out, he keeps like, and, and remember, and we're like, yes. He's like, and remember, you know, it comes with the king size bundle. It comes with the pillows. That's an extra value. I'm like, okay. And then we like go out to the car and I'm like, just wait. I think, I think maybe they'll come out. They were like looking out the window at us and he was talking to what looked like his manager. So I'm like, I, I, th- I still have hope. And then, like, didn't come out, but they had our phone number. So I'm like, all right, Tori, let's go get a beer. We'll hope that this person calls. And if not, we'll come back with the tail between our legs and just buy it for the price. <laughs> and we go for a beer, and my phone rings. And I answer it, and I'm like, hello? And I was like, would you like to upgrade your car insurance plan? It was like an automatic <laughs> telemarketer. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And I just hung up. And then we finished our beer, and I'm like, all right, Tar, I'm sorry, I failed you. And we went back and just bought it for the, the same price. <laughs> you got the 80 off still or you not? got the 80 off. Yeah, I got the 80 oh, off. Oh, you got them good. I got them good, but yeah. You got them real good. It was pretty hilarious. It was a big fail, and Tori was kind of making fun of me. But you know what? You can't hit a home run unless you swing. No. All right. Well, that was a wonderful story, but I think I think it's time for us to introduce our special guest for the week. Yeah, I think we lost that Gucci um, already, so. Oh yeah, but we're going to be talking a lot of magic today, so so hopefully yeah, he stays we'll in. Back. Um, but yeah, since we're talking about standard, we want to bring in someone who has not played a standard match of magic in over three months, um, and that is none other than Brian Brown doing. How's it going, bro? Hi, this is the cell phone of Brian Brown Dillon. I am unable to answer your call right now, but if you leave a message, I will get back to you as soon as I can. Goodbye. Well, that is awkward. Yeah. Uh, mm. did, did we really just get his machine? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess, uh, I guess... With without a special guest, I guess we're just gonna get, talk about magic for the rest of the show. But what about you know all the bar jokes and stuff? Like that's you mean? I mean, I, I, I guess I guess we'll save it for next week. I, I guess. guess so. I think let's just have a, a deep dive on some standard then. All right, that's perfect. All right, so uh, here we go for an actual magic episode of the Bash Rose Podcast. Let's see how this goes with our standard deep dive. Sounds wild. All right, here we go. Mm. So. This weekend is the SCG Tour Online again. Now, last weekend, we already had a big SCG Tour Online weekend. This will be the second of a total of eight leading into the... Drum roll. The SCG Invitational in Roanoke. Oh, my God. SCG Con Live Magic on Halloween weekend. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. I get so excited just thinking about it. I just... I, I just won't believe it until people are like on their way into town. It's happening. Like I, I, I still just can't believe it. I, I just can't believe it until like I have to turn down like eight people for a bed or a couch. Yeah. Yeah. I already, <laughs> I already said yes to the two people. I, uh, the max two occupancy. I was going to say, yes. same. So, I, I have, yeah. I have yes to my max two as well. Yeah. <laughs> er, Eric and Carissa. Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. Nice. I I, yeah. I got uh, I got Noah and Pete over here. Nice. Oh yeah. man, Noah. I haven't seen Noah in forever. Exactly. Some good gentlemen right there. 
Oh yeah, I love those too. Um, I'm excited. And then Halloween weekend parties. Yes. Uh, there's, it's it's gonna be an entire week festivity. I bet people come in early. Oh, I can't wait. Stretch out that back of yours where we can jamming. Oh, it's gonna be like <laughs> cold and maybe I guess. Oh yeah, we're still in. We're the, we're Dakotans, bro. <laughs> we can handle it. We can handle it. I can't yeah. wait for that sweatshirt. Okay, magic talk, magic, magic talk. talk. All right, yes. so. Also this weekend, a, a big event as well is the arena open and that'll be standard. Now this is that tournament where you can qualify in best of one or best of three on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you can win up to $2,000. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I, I played my first arena open uh, during the sealed one and I ended up punting for a thousand dollars. Oh, those are brutal. Yeah. I, 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 I straight punted. It felt real bad. Yeah. I think I've, uh, I've been made $4,000 richer thanks to the arena open over the five I played. I bricked twice, thousand twice, and then got the 2k with my, with my dream deck, Jeskai Luca, Yorian. Oh, family down. But the, 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 the good old days, the good old days, but honestly, the arena opens are probably my favorite events these days. Uh, you know, I enjoy these SCG online events as well with, you know, the extra steps to qualify for them and stuff. It, it makes it a little bit more challenging, but of course you can still win a lot of money makes for a really long day on Sunday. Uh, maybe that's just me getting old, but these arena opens being able to just fire one after another, it makes it just such an awesome streaming opportunity. And you just get to kind of get it done with, like you have to figure out if you're winning money early or not. Oh, I, yeah. I totally agree. You, you don't have to dance around it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a co- co-founder of MTG Melee. Yeah. And there that I mean, that tool is for the the, the secondary market. So, you know, yeah. Star City Games can run tournaments and, you know, um, NRG Channel Fireball. Yep. Um, that's a tool for them. But if if Magic is running their own tournaments or their qualifiers, mm-hmm. these I, I don't remember the word. We're both stupid with words. Our social <laughs> guests would have known it, but it's the system where you can play whenever you want. You don't have to have a system. You know, you can just queue up like these arena opens. It's yeah. some it's some word a synchromatic or something oh yeah i think it's just uh play whenever you want i think that's the technical term of it i think it might be asynchromatic but i I could also have the word wrong yeah uh and i don't care yeah that's right um but yeah so so we're going to be doing a deep dive on standard today and we're going to start with um i just want to lay the groundwork of what happened last weekend now there was um a huge japanese championship on melee along with um the seg tour and a few other tournaments so yeah uh, MTG data even like dropped like over 2,500 matches of standard were played on there with, with a data matrix. But I want to talk about how things evolved through the SCG because starting off, let me pull up. I've actually got a little intro in my article that that'll be going up on Thursday on star city games. Go list, go also read that. Cause it'll have all my updated deck lists. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so believe. if anyone wants, and you're just in tune right now. So like your stream, I, I, your stream I, I, has I, been um, awesome when it comes to standard, your articles have been on point. So yeah, you, you're putting out some good stuff. Uh, now that we're actually able to play magic, who would have guessed, right? Yeah. I'm streaming every day this week. I've never done that before. Nice. Seven, nice. seven days. Well, in you a row. have a stream schedule every day. Let's not get carried away. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah. I, I'm, I'm forcing myself to do it like that. My, my biggest problem with streaming was always my reliability. And the reason for that was cause I never cared about it more than anything else, but with mm-hmm. pro magic dying, there's not much else to care about. Yeah. Um, and so like competitive magic will still be around, but that's where I love to teach people. Yeah. 
Like, I don't care if I give equity for an open or a Grand Prix or whatever, but I do care about streaming my stuff when I only compete against 23 other people. Like, that's just idiotic to be like, here's what I'm going to play against the pros. Yeah, and like <laughs> when it comes to MPL Gauntlet time, when, you know, those 456,300 cards get to add it to Historic, then you're probably going to test behind closed doors a little bit because that MPL Gauntlet is some huge value for you. Oh, yeah, I'm probably going to stream for about a week and then go dark for a week. <laughs> that sounds like a Brad Nelson I know and love. Yeah, that's, that'll be it. But yeah, so I'm just going to go over like the last week's overview. Okay. Um, Mono Green Agro came out like uh, shot out like a cannon. It was dominating the first day of tournaments. And that's mostly because the other two most popular decks right off the gates were Sultai Yorian, which it's slightly favored against. Yep. And is it Dragons, which it's very favored against. Oh, yeah. Um, now there were other decks like Naiwanota sprinkled in there, Demir Rogues, all, all all the 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 games, you know, all the decks, Teamer, Adventures, slightly, Just Guy Mutate, mm -hmm. Cycling, all that were like smatterings in there. But but Mono Green Agro dominated, more people kept playing it. And then like on the SCG tour, I love if you ever look at all eight tournaments. Now, if you go to MTG Melee, you can just like go to the SCG page and then click on each one and then check their archetype breakdowns. Yeah. And the evolution is great. So I after the first day. Um, we saw Teamer Adventures pop up because Teamer Adventures is slightly bad against Sultai Ramp. It's it's decent against Is It Dragons, but it obliterates Monogreen Agro. Obliterates it. Oh yeah, yep. Um, it's just it's not even close. It's 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 such a good matchup. So Teamer Adventures rolls in and starts crushing these. So then Sultai Ramp players are like, okay, maybe I don't have to switch off because I'm decent against these decks. Mm -hmm. Um, and then. What happened, though, is now I know it started getting popular. And if you looked at any of the cyborg cards um, of all these decks, they just went to all these burning hands and red cap melees and a crow in wars. And they all went down to like two oxes or less. Yeah. And so then people are like, all right, let's go rogues. And then rogues started actually doing really well. Now, it didn't win any of the tournaments. It, it did 6-0 a few times. Mm -hmm. It didn't do <clears throat> insanely well in the actual 5K. I think with 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 it not being pure curated it had like a 53 win percentage yeah um in, in that tournament itself but it's now a fighting force in the metagame as well so and then um the last thing about the overview is there was a japanese uh championship tournament big magic runs this huge tournament series on melee mm -hmm. and that the second season just wrapped up and gruel adventures saturday night won with a impressive record of like 12 one and two and this is the gruel adventures kind of like that raf was populating a lot with magda trying to hustle out you know zika's charity and stuff like that kind of just a yes. more aggressively slanted gruel deck which i love because it looks just a lot better against like solta you know where it's just fast enough to compete with them a little bit more where it used to be such a train wreck matchup yeah it it i don't know if it's it has more acceleration and that's what yeah. it is like it's sacrificing it's not no longer playing the um, brush fire elementals and the Kazandu mammoths. Yeah. And it, and instead it is focusing on um, playing just sentinels and Magda. So you can ramp into things. And then you have these chariots that are protected from the wrath effects. And then you can Ember cleave. You've got Goldspan dragon and ranger class uh, is a big one too, where like if you're ranger expecting class is an upgrade too. Yeah, if you're expecting a wrath or something, just upgrading that and getting value on your stuff. Like before against, you know, those kind of wrath decks like Sultai Ultimatum, if you just keep overextending to the battlefield, you're just losing a lot of cards. But if you don't do that, you're just doing nothing, right? But now you have a lot of other options, which makes the deck just more dynamic to me. 
I mean, the other the other big thing that has to be taken into account for this deck too, and mm-hmm. why it became popular for the SDG, is that it it also is the only archetype that really gets to support these new creature lands in Den of yes. the uh, the Bugbear and the Lair of the Hydra. These cards are actually really strong, especially um, Den. Oh my god! Yeah, I've 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 seen both be very good. Um, Den Den is just the Rage and Ravine though, because it uncontested, it's going to attack for four into five into six. Yep. Much like a Rage Ravine, same mana costs. Um, the thing I like about Lair is um, for three mana, like sometimes with a Ranger's class, I only want to spend three mana and I'll hit him for two and then I'll play something else. Yeah. Or um, or one thing that has come up with me a decent amount is just like tap Lair and one other land, make it a 1-1 one, one, attack with Lovescar. You know, like that that has come up a lot for me, which is a, a, a nice little versatile aspect of it. No, that's a great thing to bring up too. Yeah, it, it it does have a lot of application, especially in a deck that does skimp on one ones. Yeah, it really does. Um, and yeah, yeah, it does. It it does have a lot of application in the deck, but it's also just the archetype that um already doesn't. It doesn't have great mana. Gruel doesn't. Mm-hmm. But now getting this upgrade of lands um is great because it doesn't always use all of its mana later in the game anyway. Yeah. And so these can come to play tapped or they come in the first couple turns. I've just been truly impressed by them Same. in this deck more than most other archetypes. So this deck won that tournament and then 11 pilots were like, you know what, I'm going to play this in the SCG tour. And it ended up having the highest win percentage. And then when the dust settled, it was one of the least played decks over the weekend because it came up late. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's sample size is smaller than the other decks, but at the end, MTG data came out and it said it had a 61.5% win percentage having only one bad matchup, which was Naya Winota. Yeah. And I guess just guy mutate. Yeah. That's pretty insane. And I think it was 64% in that SCG and that's impressive. And I, I like, you know, I would be someone who I didn't really know there was a Japanese tournament going on, so I wouldn't have seen that data going into it. But I saw it after the SCG, and I'm sure, like, plenty of other people started picking up now. So I would imagine that Gruel deck next week is going to be very highly represented in all of these events. Yes, I think Gruel will be one of the most played decks, and I'm pretty sure you would have seen it if you were in your focused mindset like you usually are. You're yeah. moving and building and stuff. Yeah, Like, yeah. it was just there on MTG Melee. Mm. Um, I don't really look at that it, site too often. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm more of a goldfish yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the only the only reason I still have goldfish on my uh, stream deck is for modern. Otherwise, I look at everything on melee. So if you get you get some good modern data on that melee. You got me uh, completely moved over. Oh, I mean, the one thing the benefit is, you know, MTG like goldfish takes and takes our data and puts it on their website and they yep. give us credit for it, which is great mm-hmm. and links. Um, but they don't get it as fast as it's coming out. So yeah. if you're like trying to, if you're trying to figure out a deck for Sunday um, and you might want some evolutions, you're, you got to go to melee to find them yeah. to look at all of the, the flight deck lists um, totally because they're not agree. on other websites yet. Totally agree. And I think like the most, one of the most fun things that I like to do during all these SCG events and just one of the most valuable tools for people that really want to be dialed in for like these scg satellites and stuff is just whenever i'm about to play one of these satellites and like an hour before i'll go through all the previous satellites and it's really crazy how fast it adjusts like you'll see that you'll go to down to the win percentages and you'll see like okay gruel killed it this time sultai did really bad be like okay i know next tournament there's not gonna be much sultai gruel is gonna be more represented I used to think like people don't look at the data that much, 
But the more and more I follow these things, the more and more I really believe that if it has a really bad win percentage, the tournament before, people just really don't play it. And then people play the good decks. You can kind of metagame against those win percentages if you're really paying attention. Yeah, and and to an so extent, I think that's no, 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 no. You're you're a hundred percent right. I'm trying to figure out the why. Yeah, And I think the why right now is that standard really hasn't evolved for a while. So a lot of people understand, like more people understand what's going on in standard than previously. Like we know that Gruul Adventures is favored against Demir Rogues if they focus on it. Yeah, if they put two oxes in their sideboard. (laughs) Well, even a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. And stuff like that. And then, you know, we know that Team Reluca is good against green (laughs) and slightly bad against ultimatum. We know that mono green is slightly good against ultimatum, very good against Mm Izzet. We know mono white is good against soul tie, but bad against Demir Rogues. Like we have all these built in. Yeah. Um, And also people probably have their collections already that are playing in these tournaments because you're not needing a ton of the new cards. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's just that's just kind of where standard is right now. And that's fine. We're going to rotate and things should be normalized. We're not going to have companions anymore. Sniff, sniff, no, you you're on. You know what? Which is kind of messed up. I It'll go the whole time that I never actually played a Yorin in real life. It's like my favorite card. You know, I'm looking at getting a full art thing for the back of my stream room of Yorin, but I never got to actually cast it. But I also never had to shuffle a Yorian deck, which is pretty nice. <laughs> you should just get a full art back tattoo of Yorian. I could. I could. Absolutely. <laughs> You'll always be blinking, baby. <laughs> yes, yes. That sounds smart. Um, um, I'm actually happy. I remember actually I was in a match. I remember this moment vividly. It was uh, I was playing Naya Adventures or not Naya, uh, Teamer Adventures and League Play or something. Yeah. And I, at one point, had, f- like, four piles of cards. Four because different zones, I had, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I had, like, four different zones of cards in my hand on Arena, and I was barely trying to keep track of it. And I was like, I would hate this in real life. Yeah. I would hate it. And honestly, you know, I mean, we got a taste of it just on Versus, and we have the biggest wide-open area where we can truly put stuff in different zones. So it's not that big of a deal. But if we're at a crowded tournament and you're trying to keep track of a Fortel zone, XL cards from Showdown, Adventure Zone, it, it was a pain. It really was. And we had all those cards too that say Companion, yeah. that say Fortel. You think people are bringing those to the event? Hell no, they are not. You know, <laughs> we have a lot of people that are oh, just yeah. going to forget any kind of token and just like, yeah, this is this zone. I swear, this is this zone. And yeah, those judge right, calls right, would be annoying. Right before COVID, Golos was one of the more popular decks, if I remember. And a lot of people were telling me about all the draws you'd get in the mirror matches. Okay. Because of just having so much cardboard stock in play, all the tokens, all the... It just took forever to actually manually do everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we so, moved on through a bad phase of actual paper magic. Maybe that was the whole reason COVID started, is Wizards just knew, like, ah, this is going to be a little rough, you know? Well, not to not to say anything bad, but it might be coming back. Yeah, don't, don't let's let's edit that yeah, out. All we right, don't want to hear that. Let's uh, let's let's put that negativity out of there because that sounds awful. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about Nyawinota. Let's let's start with the deck that won the SCG. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go pull that up real quick. Okay. On MTG Melee, not Goldfish. Of course, of course, much easier. Of course. Yeah. So, um. 
I've actually played played this deck for an entire stream last night. Yeah. Um, my streams now, I'm just picking one deck a night to 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 tune. Okay. And I just I I need the focus because whenever I'm streaming and I don't exactly know what I'm doing, like if I'm just trying to find the best deck, I just do a bunch of random crap. Yeah. And then I don't. And then two hours in, I don't know what I'm doing. So now I'm just picking a deck and I'm I'm tuning it. And I played this deck, and what I realized is that uh, it's kind of messed up. I think it's very good. I think it's insane. Yeah. I, th- I think it is very good. I found a few holes. I, I do I do think that there are a few holes for it. Okay. Um, but let's actually just talk about the the card choices real quick. Um, so Martin won with three Lotus Cobras, three Minsk, which are kind of the contention points of the deck that I've seen a lot of people. Some people play Magda, some people play Tangled Florahedron, some will play less Lotus Cobras, play more Rangers class. Um mm-hmm. They usually play two or three Blade Historians, two Kenriths. Um, but after playing with this deck, I think that the most Magda that I'd want to play in this deck is one. Yeah, I think I'm still and, a safe zero for that card. Yeah, just because Lotus Cobra does not need to have enablers if there's creatures on the battlefield that the opponent controls. Mm-hmm. Also, Magda um, doesn't have a use for the treasure in combat. And that's yeah. like like Gruul Adventures, for example, that plays Magda. It can attack with it and a Goldspan Dragon, and then you have Embercleave up. You 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 could just attack with both of them, and have an have a Embercleave activation. That's very powerful. And you can legitimately Magda's ability for Goldspan. It doesn't come up often, but it's still possible. You know, it is still possible. But that's still like it, it, I've never really seen it because yeah. I'm always using these these treasures to activate creature lines. You yeah. know, you kind of just start going aggressive. Yeah. But I just thought it was impressive that you could have a Magda sitting in the battlefield, tap out for Goldspan, and act, and cast an Emberclay. Yeah, agreed. I love uh, that. But, I mean, it, the thing I love the most about Cobra is just going, like, turn one, Jaspera Sentinel, turn two, Cobra, you know, if you're really lucky, a selfless savior or something, too. But let's say, you know, we're not having the absolute god draw. Just Jaspera Sentinel into Cobra, attack for one, turn three, land, Winota, two triggers is insane. Magda can't do that. Yeah, Magda can't do that, and it also well, it can well no, guess, it can do that it can, if you yeah, started you with seven. Tap it, you you get to miss a point of damage or whatever, but uh, but yeah. that's just it. Yeah, it 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 doesn't do that without the Sentinels. So yeah, you can go um, selfless saver into either Lotus Cobra or Prosperous Innkeeper yes. and still play a turn through Renota. You can't do that with uh, Magda. So well, I don't yeah. like Magda in the deck. I've actually been really impressed with Lotus Cobras, and Same. when I play in matchups with like stomps and stuff i just actually take them out um interesting like yeah one of the things that i've realized about this deck is after cyborg when they bring an interaction you want some interaction yourself mm-hmm. um and like i thought that that was a problem but what i've realized is if you have a little bit of interaction and you get a board position of a bunch of like cat tokens and random crap yeah um then all of a sudden when you play a winota if you have you could even have a protector with a savior you you just you alpha them with like six things. Yeah. Like after cyborg in a matchup where they're going to bring red cap melees in, they're going to bring in maybe a chrome war and stuff like that. You're no longer trying to actually just get them on turn three or four. Yeah. You're trying to get them on turn six or seven with an army in play. Yeah. I pretty much play the game of wait as long as humanly possible as I can, because that effect is so over the top and insane. So you just, you know, my favorite card post-board is just Azekas Chariot. I think this is the best Azekas Chariot deck I've ever played because you just really get to focus the attention where you want it. Like, if, if you know, by not crewing Azekas Chariot when you um, 
when you just when when they have an obvious removal spell or when you play Winota using Winota to crew chariot and now they get put in a really tough decision and uh, yeah it, it just it gets really tough for opponents when you are playing in such a way where you're not just jamming Winota as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean the reason that it, I think it's the reason that it's the best Ezekiel Chariot deck because even if you lose the Chariot, mm-hmm. the cats have more value than just being two twos, mm-hmm. and more. and that's a big thing. Now, speaking of which, one card that I've seen a lot of people playing one or more of that I cut halfway through my stream last night was Rangers Class. Okay, uh, I think that that card is uh, a big old stinker. Um, interesting, it's... interesting, because I went the other way. I added a second one. Oh, so like, well, what what the meta games have been evolving into is I'm playing a lot more like, uh, like aggressive matchups. A, a lot of the other green based adventure or aggressive Nyawanota, Gruel Adventures, yeah. Mono Green, Teamer, and these are the matchups where you don't ever want to take time to double activate that. Like you yeah. don't even want the two two on turn two or three. Um, this you want to be accelerating into your other things. You want to be interacting with them on their key interaction points. Mm-hmm. And Rager's class is an aggressive card. Now, I love it in Gruel, and we'll get Definitely. to that later. Because it makes so um, much mana uh, in that deck, and it gains you so much value with all the adventure cards, so you basically never miss land drops. So I can totally see uh, why you're cutting Rager's class. Like, I added one mostly just to test it a little bit more, because I was unsure when I was drawing it. I was like, is this card awesome or is it bad? Um, so I, I'll definitely trust your expertise on that one. So the the best the best thing I can say about it is Ranger's class, the second ability is not valuable in Nia Winota. Like, of course you can find value for it. Yeah, like having a Winota off you, the top, you know, is great, of course. But well, that's the third, the third. Once you've oh, leveled yeah, it up yeah. to the third chapter, I'm gonna call it chapters. I don't know what they're the third class. Uh, yeah. Um levels. once you level it up there, yes, then then this deck gains value. But the problem is the third class is only like uh, it's not good it's theoretically not good at any matchup because soul type ramp is eventually going to cast ultimatum mm-hmm. and, and uh, like Demir rogues um, doesn't really care if you have invested eight man into this Rangers class. Right. True. Um, usually they don't care uh, is every other deck is like a tempo or a fast deck. Like this format's actually very proactive. It's getting very aggressive. Uh, it really is. Yeah. And so if the second ability isn't that good in this deck, um, then your deck is just a bunch of creatures. Now, the reason I like Ranger's class out of Gruel is because that deck also is leaning on trying to be more aggressive, but after sideboard plays a shit ton more removal and leans on that removal. Mm-hmm. So if you can just attack with one creature, kill something, attack with that creature, it gets bigger, kill something again. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just helping you build a better board position to use some of your extra mana where this deck is trying to position itself to do something really messed up. So, and so that's why I just, I haven't found any value in that card in this deck. So I will definitely agree with you for the most part. There are some circumstances where I have found it pretty valuable. Like just a nice uh, sequence of just going like Ranger class on two, turn three Cobra land level has been really sweet. And when we are playing against all these other aggressive decks, it's decent sometimes to just be like, okay, they have a 3-3, three, three, I have an army of 2-2s, two and you just get to start nickeling, diming them when you don't have the overall Winota deck. Just that putting that one counter on, being able to actually push through in combat has been decent, but I, I, I would agree it isn't over the top. But those are the only valuable spots that I have is the cute interaction with Cobra and then just really trying to 
um, squeak through a little bit of damage in combat with all these other aggressive decks. Yeah, I mean, I've what what I've done to the deck is I've uh, I've actually put the Bone Crusher's main over that one of the Minsk, and right now I'm only playing three Selfish Slaver because I added a Tangled Fleet Hordron to to get up to twenty six lands. Okay. Uh, uh, twenty six mana sources. Sure. And so I'm not saying that I'm right, but I'm just saying that like the Bone Crushers in the sideboard don't feel like sideboard cards, and I actually don't mind having a main deck. Yeah, I did cut one Savior as well, so I like that. It's like you only yeah. want to draw one. They get they get pretty bad sometimes. They also get better after sideboard when people have actual red cat melee. There's not a lot of things right now that can just kill a wine note. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. I I was I was starting to sideboard um that other selfless anger, and then I just I, I had you in the back of my head just being like, this is not a very good sideboard card. But it really is true. It gets much better post-board when they're just bringing in more focus removal for Winota. So I could even see a world where two, two is correct. Just putting two in the board, but I, I, I have, I have thought, I have thought about the, having it in the sideboard right yeah. now. I don't have it. Cause I have a few more high impact cards. Okay. Um, yeah, like so what's I, your red cap melee ox count? I think that's the biggest one. Cause I, I'm very like, I'm so close between two and three in both of those. And I know the winning list was at two and two for both. And I feel like, you know, each of those is kind of low and I, I'm, I'm kind of wanting three and three. Um, so real quick, um, I, I did go up to three oxes and I have three red cap melees and I'm, I'm posturing between two and three burning hands. Okay. The only reason, the only reason I'm considering it is because if, it's not because of mono green. It's for Soltai and Teamer Luca. It's to kill Gargaroths and uh, Comas. Yeah, is why I might have the third. I like because, the third. Yeah, but I don't really care for them. I mean, they're fine against mono green. Like what I found against mono green is what you actually need to do is kill the wolves because you don't care if they're hitting you, but if they're drawing cards, they're finding more of their removal and slowing you down and keep drawing cards. The pack leader werewolf, right? You're so yes yeah. yeah werewolf pack leader yeah. um and that it's important to kill that i found that it's also I've, a, I've lost oh sorry go ahead oh i've just lost to that card only because if they kill a few of my things with fight spells they keep getting card advantage yeah that's what i was gonna say is i think the most valuable for those is like wolf is a good card of course but uh holding up something for in response to uh blizzard brawl and then also those very key turn three mammoth or love struck like when they untap on turn four and they're on the play, they can still great hedge the hell out of you. And I, so I like three on the draw and like two on the play. Oh, oh, I mean, I'll bring all of them in if I'm in the matchup. Yeah. What I'm saying is if Soltai and Teamer Luca did not exist, I would probably drop that down to like one. Okay. Cause I do think it's a pretty good matchup against Mono Green. Like I, I played a decent amount. Even Tori played around last yesterday and she does not play nice. magic and she kicked, she kicked Mono Green's butt. That that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Does she use your account? No, she uses her separate account that she has. Oh, perfect! Yeah. Great, great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So so one thing I want to talk about for the main deck, mm -hmm. uh, about rogues, and I think that this is quite important if you're going to play Nia Winota. Okay. You first have to ask yourself: Do you respect rogues? Yes. If you if you think you're going to play against rogues, then the first change you need to make to this deck is turn one of the Shatter Skull Smashings into a second mountain. Okay. Be because you're a Fable Passage deck, and if that mountain gets milled, sometimes it's really hard to get to the Ox. Oh. Like you do you do have you do have Lotus Curb if you keep them in. You do have Sentinels. Um, you can get to the second Red Source. Um, but like for example, I don't think Lotus Curb is good in the matchup. 
uh, yeah. against rogues. And and you do want to cut some of your top end because you kind of want to do all your stuff fast against them. Mm-hmm. But but I'm just I don't think Lotus Corp is that good because it 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 tells you to play your things super aggressively out into them having sweepers. Yeah. Um. And so I actually go a little bit stockier. I bring in Redain and my oxes, of course. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Clothos, and then I try. Though. Well, I actually cut Clothos. Okay. I don't think Clothos. Um, so Clothos, you want against cycling and against rogues. And but Clothos can't attack with a Winota in play. Or and against cycle. Too, but I think that's pretty a, a small deck. So I think. Like that's fine against Jeskai Mutate, but it's not like the end all be all. Not the end all be all, but uh, you know, pretty decent at taking away some of their targets. And then if you just play a more controlling, like if you have three red cap melees and you kind of try to slow down a little bit because they have so much removal, that having Colossus into play and then just making sure they never gold spam dragon you is a good plan, but doesn't well, always get go that way. I think the problem is. We've been used to playing Gruul and Naya, where those strategies are all about card advantage and removal. Mm-hmm. And this deck is a combo deck. It really is. And so Clothus wants you to play a ton of backed up removal. So it like Clothus says, I will give you inevitability. Yes. So you have to play towards that inevitability. Three red cat melees isn't enough. Okay. Like, like you could you could put your Clothus down against cycling, but if you can't, if you don't have enough answers to their their creatures, right? Because you don't. Mm-hmm. They just do some of their cycling stuff, kill your Winota, and they kind of snowball. Yeah. Um, and and so I, it's just not the game I want to play. And maybe I'm wrong there, but like I love Clothus out of Gruul. Yeah. I love it out of Naya. Yeah, decks that don't because, have this over way over the top finisher where you are nickel and diming them. No, I, I can totally buy that. And well, Winota gives you a deck restraint, right? That's it true, says yeah. you have to play with humans and non-humans. So every time you take one or the other out of your deck for a different spell you are lowering the consistency of the card. That's true. That's true. And so I, I think that Clothus is not a good balanced card for a Winota strategy. So I, that's why I don't have it. No, that's um, a good call. Um, so I kind of want to ask you a question um, that I've struggled with as far as Winota decks go, because I think the hardest part about this deck, you know, making sure you don't just go all in on Winota and you you know how to kind of play around removal and maximize your cards. I think that's a valuable thing in in game. But I think like the hardest thing when it comes to Winota is sideboarding. Like I'm always thinking like, God, am I taking out too many humans? Am I taking out too many non-humans? Am I sideboarding too much? Because I think this is a deck where I like want to sideboard like three to four cards every match and that's it. Like, is that something that you feel as well? And how do you approach, like what cards do you take out often um to like keep a good balance i know you have a sideboard guide with this in your sub discord but do you have like a basic template of what you do um not really and and it's still like evolving Mm -hmm. i i think uh, like you said you take out cobras against heavy removal like that's that's an interesting thing to me uh, and makes or sense, just like so. you can't attack with it right like it it just you can never attack with it because it's either going to get crabbed or one three yeah and and it's not really like you don't want sometimes accelerating with it isn't that great and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you just don't have lands to play 
and you're trying to be as fast as possible. And I understand you want to ramp with it, but it's just, it felt like the card that it, it just doesn't have that much value. Okay. Um, and then like, um, what about like uh, selfless savior? Like you want against green because there's fight spells. You want against everything red because there's melee, but like mono white, the exile stuff. Uh, Sultai. Oh yeah, is a I, lot I, of take, I take Selfless Saver out. I take Selfless Saver out a lot, actually. Okay, but you definitely take it out against like Sultai, Mono White Aggro. Um, these decks that are either just exiling or do, like maybe Black Green, Black Red Sacrifice because they claim stuff. And is yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I take it out. I think well, so I'm looking at I'm looking that we have a lot of content to get through still. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we can go into pure Cyborg Guy stuff. But yeah, yeah, you're I mean, say that for your Cyborg Guy, right? Well, I mean, I'll <laughs> plug it right now. Yeah, like I'm starting to stream uh, every night uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern. I I pick a deck. This whole week I'm doing standard, so I pick a deck, and then I try to perfect it and build a cyber guide, throw it into the Discord. So right now, my subscription-only Discord, my Twitch subscription-only Discord, has a deck list and cyber guide for Naya Wynota. It'll have a grill one by the end of tonight or tomorrow morning, and so on and so forth. So, um, but it's like, I'm I'm not the most confident in it, but it's also, I think uh, it's all over the place. You know, like I do different things in different places based on the matchups. It's really difficult. Like against Jeskai Cycling, I take out four elite spellbinders. I don't care if my, my, my notos don't hit as hard. Um, it's just not the card I want. Yeah. You know, for example. And, and so I'll take a little bit lower redundancy. I have an Ember Cleave in my sideboard so that when I lose redundancy somewhere, I just have another like, Hail Mary, fuck you, you know? Yeah, that no, seems valuable for uh, this weekend, that's for sure. That's a cool little yeah. service you're doing. Um, but yeah, so I want to I wanna do another uh, dive on Gruul here, and then we should talk about the metagame and what decks we think will be good and not, because and give a, I actually... And, sorry to interrupt. And give people a good idea of what we are going to be playing later, what we kind of think you shouldn't play, um, and, and a little bit of that information to actually get you ready for this weekend. Well, let's let's talk about it right now. Okay. I've got a lot to say about that. Cool. Um, and then we can move on to Gruel. So I think Gruel is one of the better decks. Same. So what I'm what I'm seeing the metagame happen. So let's just talk about decks that I don't think should you should be playing mm -hmm. and why. Mono Red is by far the deck you should not be playing the most because half of the decks in the format right now are playing red, and two of the most popular decks play Dragon and Winota. Yeah, a lot of red so decks. A lot of red cap melees coming out. Mm -hmm. And and also Teamer plays red cap melee. Jeskai Mutate, you know, is it dragons? Jeskai Cycle can play it. So any deck that is reliant on red creatures, like super reliant on them, um, shouldn't be played. So mono red, I think, is out. All the green decks, a lot of adventures are popular. A lot of that. Yes, you've got your burning hands, but mm -hmm. they've got a bunch of red cap melees. And if they have a bunch of red cap melees, it it things get challenging. Yeah. So I think that's the the first deck that shouldn't see play. And then along that same line, I think is it Dragons and Jeskai Cycling both are losing ground because of what's at the top of the metagame. Yep. Like I, I think because because Gruel because of all these aggressive decks are showing up. Like and Soltai loses a lot of ground. And is it tempo is kind of there to prey on Soltai? Yep. Um, I just think Is It Tempo was a flash in the pan. It was decent for a little bit. We had a good game plan against Sultai for a while with like a Crone Wars for the Comas and stuff like that. But now things have adapted. And also Sultai Ultimatum is another one of those decks that I just, it has a bad match against everything mm -hmm. um, right now. Yeah. And and so I just think because Sultai is down, Is It Tempo is also down. So neither of those decks should get played. Yeah. And, um, and I, I even think the same thing for Jeskai Mutate right now. I think 
that deck's not heavily represented, and it did do pretty well. Will Pulliam did pretty well with it. But another reason, there's a lot of med cap, uh, red cap melees uh, coming around, and it's just really rough to play a deck that relies on Goldspam Dragon so much. You know, I, I think it's yep. it's a decent deck, and if you practice a ton with it and know exactly how to combo off with it and stuff, it is decent. But I still think it's a bit of a trap for this weekend as well. Which deck was that? Say that. The Jeskai Mutate deck. Yeah, it, that's a tough one for me because a lot of the decks like struggle matchups aren't in the metagame. Yeah, and and uh, and it it you know it's good against Sultai, which is gone. But I also think that like it's not the worst deck against like Teamer and, and things of that nature. Even Naya Winota because that it doesn't have a ton of interaction. So I need to play more with Jessica Mutate. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's a, it's bad for the weekend. Yeah. Because I just, that's the one deck I don't really know. Will Polium actually might come on my stream tomorrow night and we might play it because that's the deck he grinds. Yeah, and he took third third in the SCG with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that's the deck that I'm thinking I'm skeptical about above all of these other decks. The Is It Dragons, the Jeskai Cycling, uh, Mono Red and, and Solta. I think it's just above them, but it's still at that low tier for me. Um, especially if people haven't played, it's a very tough deck to play uh, and play correctly. But I can see it even being pretty decent against Gruul. It just plays so much removal and eventually goes over the top. And Gruul only has like two Red Cap melees, like two Acrone Wars right now. So that's not a lot to deal with Gold Spam. Yeah, I mean, I have more. Yeah, and um, I think people I, should have more, but I'm saying the winning deck, uh, the kind of stock list, only have those four pieces of removal for it, uh, and it should mm-hmm. be more if you if you want to beat that deck. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so the big thing that I think will be dependent on the weekend, and it's really challenging, is Demir Rogues. Now, Demir Rogues is a weak deck. Um it, it it just hasn't gotten a lot of new cards. Yeah. But if Naya Winota and Gruel and stuff like that um don't respect it enough, I mean the Naya Winota matchup I think is very close. I've been doing all right with it, but also if a Demir Rogues person super perfects for that matchup and and has the right tools, Naya Winota can't counter it with that that core plan that Gruel Adventures used to do, which is just four Scorching Dragonfire, four Ox. Yeah. Um, you can't really get away with that because you're, like I said, you have a deck, you have a deck building res- constraint mm-hmm. um, in the Naya Nota plan. So you can never really get away with that. You just kind of have to go with your plan and hope it works. So there might be a configuration for Demir Rogues uh, with enough spot removal and a few cling to dusts and the, uh, what's the, what's the wrath, the crippling? Uh, crippling fear. Crippling fear. Yeah. Which is very good against them. Yeah. Um, like I think, I think Azika's Chariot is extremely good against Rogues. If you can sneak it through, like that's a card that you know you mm-hmm. really get to maneuver around their plan pretty well. Crew it when you want, you know. Crew it when you they either tapped out or they need to into the story or something. Uh, you can really put the squeeze on them pretty well with it. But you know, if you can't get that going, you're just a creature deck, and Rogues does beat creature decks sometimes. So yeah, that that's a, that's a close one for me as well with Rogues. Yeah. And so I, I do think that Rogues has a chance this weekend. I would not suggest you play Rogues if you haven't played it. Yeah. Uh, but but for you out there that actually care about Rogues and have played it and feel very comfortable and that's the deck you want to choose, I think it is a fine choice. Mm-hmm. I don't think the format is going to react quick enough to it. And I also like 
I think that Rogues is very good against Team Luca, which I think preys slightly on Nia Winota. Um, I think the matchup's extremely close, yeah. but I think, I think, um, you know, this is the time where teamer decks are going to have to upgrade. And this next weekend, there's going to be more red cap melees. There's going to be more focus on killing the early creatures, like making sure you have enough removal so you can kill the good dog, the selfless savior before you can be. So you have you're prepped for the Naya and or for the Winota when it comes. And to one thing we are really, you know, not necessarily focusing on is day one and day two of arena open day one best of one demir rogues i think is a pretty damn good call you know just to get you into day two you don't have those sideboard cards you have to worry about and then it gets a little different for day for day two but you know i i think rogues for a day one uh event scene or just a game well, one you can event. play best of three as well you, right you can but i'm saying it best of one cues have notoriously been better easier to get into because you can lose like two times uh, best of three, it's usually, if it's the same template, you just have to 4 You lose once, you don't go into day two. But um, I think you can 7-2, you get the third loss in best of one, you're out. So Demir Rhodes in best of one could be very, very good. Oh, I, it, it, for best of one, I think the, the two decks are just Demir Rhodes and Nywin. Agree. I totally agree with you on that. And I also think Demir Rhodes is going to be a little bit better um, just in the open than it will be in the SCG Championship with open deck list and stuff. And I think just overall, I would assume that the Sunday tournament for the SCG event would have a little bit better players on average than the arena open, just because of so many more people. I don't think that's a, a huge weight, you know, and I don't think there's a huge difference there, but I would think the players would be a little bit better in the SCG, wouldn't you? Oh, for yeah. sure. I mean, uh, yeah, like the, when I, like I played uh, SCG a while back mm -hmm. And it was one of my favorite days of magic. I, I think I went like five, two, but like all my opponents were so, I think I went four, two or five, two and drop. Yeah. And um, I had bad breakers and, but my opponents were so good. It felt like, it felt like I actually played a Grand Prix. Day. Yeah, no. And honestly, that's it's just, been a long time since I felt like that. That's how it really is. These satellites bring a lot of pros, you know, these, these tournaments bring a lot of really good players and arena open is the wild, wild west. Like I'll, I'll play against some absolute jank, even in day two. And then I'll play against a really good player. You know, like it's just kind of, mm -hmm. it's kind of a, a coin flip there. Oh yeah. I think that Nyawinota, Rogues or um, Cycling all are probably good choices for day one. If, if you're looking for a day one deck, yeah. um, they're just, they're just streamlined to do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sultai Ultimatum is probably terrible unless you build it strictly to beat Demir Rogues and Nyawinota. <laughs> yeah. But then I you're still going to play against a bunch of stuff like Mono Green. I'll just pound yeah, you. Yeah. I like, would not play like, Sultai. If I played, if I played Ultimatum, it would literally be anti-creature. It would be like, you know, all anti-creatures. But if you did that, you might as well just play the Abzan Yorian deck, right? Because that's literally what that deck is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. And, and that's another wild card. Like, I don't even know where to put it on this list because it is straight a metagame call and it can be very, very good or it can be awful. If you play... Well, if we're saying Nye Wynota and Demir Rogues are the top two decks, then I would not play that deck. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know if Rogues is going to be that played, to be honest. Like, it's it's not exactly popular on Arena. In fact, I never play against it. I think people just hate it at this point. Do, do you want to know what... I played it five times in a four and a half hour stream last really? night. Man, I it's getting way more popular. I played I played for like the last three days straight, right? Like I went from plat um it, I on the 25th or whatever, plat whatever, where you get reset 
uh, after you were Mythic the season before. And in three days, I just hit Mythic last night. Haven't played it once. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's just getting a little bit more popular because it's like we're saying, like all these decks, the metagame is moving away from it and it's moving into decks that can't really function against it, it especially because like Red Cat, Melee and Burning Hands are like these new really targeting cards. Like before you played a bunch of those, you played the Scorching Dragonfires yep. or the the what's it called? The. The other one. I can never remember its name. Uh, I actually don't know what you're talking about right now. The eyeball one. The deal three and put a card at the bottom. Oh, card. Fire Prophecy. Yeah. Yeah, Fire Prophecy. Like, those are the cards that, like, we're seeing play. But now they have Burning Hands. Now you have a card that can kill Edgewell and a Love Sword Beast and a Coma and a yeah. Gargaroth. So you have to play it. Like, you're, you'd are you be stupid not to have an answer to Gargaroth in your deck that loses to Gargaroth. Yeah. Um, Or loses to Coma. But this is, this is because Demir Rogues was gone forever. So now those removal spells aren't there and you don't have your seven card sideboard for Demir. And if you don't have your seven card sideboard for them, you're just playing your game one deck. Yeah. And that's Demir's pretty good against, against these decks. That is really interesting. Now that you bring that up, it makes me really think about what sideboards were built like in the Aether Augusta era and just all those other, like, you know, I, I don't know a better term for it, but these fuck you cards, right? Like the Aether Gust, the Devout Decree. It was all of those type of cards and sideboards because they're so efficient against certain matchups, but it really opens the door for people to poke holes in people's sideboard plans, you know? They're like, yeah, they don't have these kind of removal spells that get decks like Demir Rogues. So I, I could see people coming back to that because we're getting into the Devout Decree Aether Gust era again with Burning well, Hands but and you're, you're, you're not even bringing up the most important point is those cards were double color. These are single color. So yeah. like Aether Gust hit all red and green cards, which there was a lot of like Aether Gust was like, I think just slightly less egregious than so uh, Veil of Summer. Yeah, because it was in the main deck of a lot of things. You don't see Burning Hands or Red Cat Melee in the main deck. So I think they missed the mark on Aether Gust there. It was too I mean, good, what, you know? The, the, uh, the championship Seth won, mm -hmm. or whatever tournament he won with Soul Tie, like last minute, the last thing we were debating is should we play three or four Gust main? <laughs> and Seth went with four, I went with three, and then at the end I regretted it. Yeah. You yeah. know, like we played four, he played four Aether Gust main deck. <laughs> there was a blue eye control deck that we knew we'd play against. We still had four Aether Gust main deck. Yeah, sounds about right. That really reminds me of uh, Barcelona. It's just like, oh, two or three ley lines. I remember having, having lunch with Huey down in the cafe, Huey and, and Mueller, and we're just like, Oh God, like two, two ley lines main. Honestly, I think we should just go three. And Huey like slaps the table and he's like, three, we're doing it. Ran upstairs, registered it. And we were like the big brain team because everybody else was on a two. It was so stupid. A thousand dollars. For what? I would pay a thousand dollars to be at lunch right now with you, Mueller and Huey. Oh my God. Same, same. I miss, yeah. <laughs> I miss those boys so much. Like, Oh, oh it's unbelievable. Yeah. I miss, I miss everyone so much. Yeah, um, But yeah, let's, let's, the last thing we're going to talk about is the deck that I like the most in the format and that's Gruel Adventures. So uh, this is a best of three. I would definitely play this in best of three. I would not touch this for the best of one cues well, this weekend well, but if on, you're playing the SG hold on one second bro we, we kind of jumped like we were working our way up from the bottom and then kind of to the top i think like the decks we still oh, want to sure, talk yeah. is like mono white teamer adventures um like i think they're getting closer to the top 
if I'm right, maybe not Mono White, but I think Team of Adventures is okay. But I think we're both agree- in agreement that the Agro decks are like the top three for me. Like Nia Oda, Gruul, Mono Green, I think they're all great decks. And then Team of Adventures oh, I is think Mono Green. I think Mono Green is stains. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, yeah, I think mono. I think mono green. Uh, I I do not suggest playing mono green. I think that it has a bad Nia Winota matchup. Yep. It has a bad Teamer matchup, it, it, and it probably has a fine Gruel matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still probably going to be like close. And I bet Sultai Ultimatum it's, is like it's isn't that good against Sultai? It's favored. It's oh. not great, but also Sultai is kind of on a dip. Yeah, I agree. And so and like. I just think mono green, like this was week one of competitive new standard, mm-hmm. right? And so no one was really focusing too much on standard. We were all playing historic because of stuff and and uh, maybe other people <laughs> were focusing on this format, but this was the first time I took a real dip in it. And we saw things evolve so quickly because nothing was getting put up to much competition. And I think mono green is just there. Like, I also think mono green, no one was really playing standard and Rumty was just like mono green is my thing, right? Yeah. Mono green is life. And so like very good at self-promotion, very good at being number one on the ladder, very good at keeping it. So a lot of people probably were like, yeah, mono green's great. But then once we're all like, okay, we have to react to this mono green deck and guess what? It's a mono green deck. So it's like the easiest thing to fucking react to in the world. Yeah, It doesn't change Um, much. You you know what you have to do. Kill their creatures. (laughs) And so people showed up with Wynota and team or adventures and both these decks are very good against it. Um, and so like, I think both those decks are going to see play. I think the team or adventure deck is only going to be good because it's fine against Winota. I think it's fine against Gruul. Um, it's fine against green, but I do not like it against soul tight Demir rogues. Um, even mono white sometimes can be a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's just, it's just a deck that I don't like it against Jeskai cycling. I don't like it against Nia adventures. No, Nia adventures. I don't think is like I think Nine Adventures is a fine choice, but it's I think Why is a better deck right now. Agreed. Yeah, I think I think uh, Teamer Adventures it just has such awkward draws, and the payoff just isn't there when you have a lot of cards that just deal with Coma pretty effectively. Like there's a lot of Burning Hands already because of Mono Green. I think Teamer Adventures is probably the biggest trap for the weekend, uh, even though it dominated early satellites. You know, I think. Uh, Tanya and Allie Warfield both just like six out satellites. And then I think Allie even, you know, top 12 the tournament as well. So, you know, there are people doing well with it, but I just don't, I don't like the deck. I watched Jim Davis stream it um, in a tournament he played. It just looks super clunky to me. It gives such awkward draws sometimes. I, I'm not a fan. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the things that I learned about that deck is you, it, it, it is the kind of deck that, if fire prophecy is a good magic card mm-hmm. play it in the main deck it's like the best deck to have four fire prophecies in yeah because you draw so many clunksters you know? <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly i mean that's exactly yeah. it and um yeah i i'm in agreement we played it uh for league play and i'm not gonna lie like i was in this like i'm pretty much stuck in the mpl gauntlet yeah abyss like as long as i do go 50 50 and the reason I chose it, I'm not going to lie for Gauntlet Play, was because my other deck pooped out Lucas and I really liked it. Yeah. So I wanted both my decks to do that. But the other deck choice that I was going to make, um, I would have loved way Were more. You be a uh, I was. I was going to play yeah. fucking Soul Tide Nest. That's my commitment level. Yeah. But also, that deck is great. And all my entire Gauntlet that I played against was just playing Naya Adventures and 
Soltai, yeah. which was terrible for Luca, but would have been great for Ness. Yeah, Ness would have been insane in that metagame and 100% unplayable in this metagame. <laughs> oh, yeah. Too the, much oh, aggro. Yeah, the aggression. Yeah. Oh, way too much aggro. Yeah, I, yeah um, right. that's good. Um, but yeah, so I think Teamer Adventures is kind of a trap, but it's also like fine against the top deck. So mm-hmm. you can't go too far wrong, but I won't suggest yeah, it. Yeah, it is that middle um, ground for me, but I'm I'm with you. The top two decks for me are Naya, Winota, and Gruel. Not 100% sure which one I like more. I am leaning on Naya, um, but it's close. Oh, I think Naya, I, I have to play again tonight to, to make sure that like, I like gruel. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll just, I'll just go through some of the things that I think is important for people mm-hmm. um, with gruel. I see some people. So some people play two of Crone Wars, some play uh, one, no one plays three. And I think the, the answer for a Crone Wars is either two or three of them. Yep. Um, because you're a deck with Sentinels and Azika's chariot. And so you can aggressively a Crone War on an empty board and then play a chariot the 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 following turn and then during your upkeep crew your chariot with that creature um for the third chapter oh okay that's pretty cool yeah so like when oh, you play it kills with it, sentinels, guess, yeah it kills you, you you kill their creature yeah you don't have to trade it oh because it's still their creature but it's tapped but on your side okay. yeah it, yeah it'll it'll deal damage to itself awesome. so like the what's awesome about that and that's what's awesome about it is that you can accrue and war on an empty board and still chariot and kill it. The same thing, like that's the whole coma trick, right? You tap their coma mm. after you've stolen it when your chapter three goes up. Same thing with chariots. And so I think a crone war is like very good right now because it's just there's a lot of decks that it can be good against. Yeah. But right now I only have two. I think the number of red cat melees is three or four. Wow. Um, for the stack, yeah, just just get them right. I'm definitely, like, I was ha- definitely off the two number for sure, you know, and I felt just a yep. little silly for being four, but you know, it, it's usually those moments when you're like, ah, I have four of a card, that's a lot, but when it's right, it's fucking right, you know. I mean, if you look at if you look at the medic right now, you bring it in against nine oh nine, you bring in at least a handful of them against adventures against Gruel, right? Yeah, Gruel adventures because yep. you can hit gold spans, Magdas, and Bone Crushers. Mm-hmm. It's the best card against um, Jeskai Mutate and is it dragons? It also you can also kill a chariot and sack a land and that'll be worth it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of answers to chariot um, at all in Gruel. And sometimes sometimes you'll kill their creature that's getting ember cleaved if it's not a love struck. Mm-hmm. Um and and that matters. You bring it in against uh Jeskai Mutate, is it dragons, Jeskai Cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh so like five of the top 10 decks in the metagame you bring it in again. So I, I think that I'm at three, but I could see four. And um, I've just been playing the same main deck as other people. I haven't found a reason to change anything. I love the Rangers class. The one thing that I do think I want in this deck, though, mm-hmm. is um, like maybe one, one, I don't know, it's tough. I think I have to keep two Burning Hands, but like I might not care about Sultai because the thing about Gruul that I've always felt is Rolling Vortexes, um, like is good against Sultai, but Gruel is never good against Sultai. Does that make sense? Gruel hasn't been good against Sultai when it followed the template of casting mammoths and hoping that your uh, brush elementals were good enough. Like that was like the best card against them. But now I, I think, I still think you're right. I still think Sultai is probably favored, but I think the line is definitely closer now with how these Gruel Adventure decks are built. They're just a lot more aggressive. You know, Goldspan Dragon, Emberclave, Azika's Chariot, and Ramp 
is a recipe to speed that matchup up. Um, and it, it's still pretty, pretty decent. It's not as bad as it used to be, in my opinion, but I could be wrong. Oh, it's it's not. But what I'm saying is like a rolling vortex in the sideboard. It's for one matchup. Well, I guess rolling vortex is kind of okay against Jeskai Mutate, right? Yeah, it stops combo. Okay, yeah. So maybe it is worth playing those yeah. then. And I, I just want to get I just want to get a couple like good like deal three instant speeds in the sideboard. But I think yeah. the thundering rebukes are necessary. Are they, uh, that's one card that I was like, why is this even here? Because it's still going to kill like bigger like dragons and, yeah, and winotas and you know like i'd rather have more like if you what you just described there we want more red cap melees instead yeah and maybe for other matchups yeah maybe thunder rebuke should just be replaced with uh with some burning hands or red cap melees or scorching dragon fires like that card i never the got other one. i just kind of trusted you know but the other fire one privacy Fire Prophecy, okay. yeah. I think I think Fire Prophecy is the one that I would check in. Yeah, and then I, I don't know if I want to play three Oxes and one Clothus or two Clothus and two Oxes. It pretty much comes down to if I think Cycling is going to be around, yeah. and you're already an Embercleave Dragon deck. So I think the answer is um, to just play one Clothus, three Oxes. That's what I'm at right now. Yeah. I, and when I'm not really, and when I'm not confident, I usually default on one Legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of an, of an effect if i if i'm already close on it and i don't know which direction i want to go i i'll just stay on the one because like drawing two clothes can end a game the one thing i like about clothes is it's actually surprisingly good against sultai round too it is not you don't you don't think so May, maybe it is now with access to burning hands yeah um it definitely wasn't before because the problem with clothes is you play clothes and they play gargaroth and just start that's pounding. true that that really was like I was, I played Soul to Ultimatum forever. You know this, but that was there was a time before everybody put three Gargaros in the main that it was just no Gargaros, right? It was just a lot of removal, yes. and Clothus was like the hardest thing to deal with back then. But yeah, I guess everything oh, plays yeah. three Gargaros now. That just changed the game. Four now, really? It's just four. I mean, it makes sense if the top decks are There's all a lot these of people play decks, four. Yeah, yeah, we were playing four. Our team deck played four for the last. Um, yeah league weekend or tournament but a lot of people i've seen people play four and burning hands that's why you have to keep it mm -hmm. in the deck but yeah that's the problem i have with clothes against sultai is that they can just go over the top of it like yeah. uh, your clothes looks stupid if you don't have enough aggression and then they just cultivate into a gargroth into an ultimate yeah um and then one one deck i want to talk about a little bit or one i guess just base shell that i think is like the sleeper pick i don't necessarily recommend it but i think it could be really good and that's just a style of yorian deck that is just anti-creature you know like abs i i know you i knew you were gonna chuckle at me but Abzan Yorian that just destroys a bunch of creature. Prosperous Innkeeper actually gave that deck a huge new breath of fresh air because not only is it ramping you to one of these four drops that's huge, like Binding, but it's also when you're doing Yorian loops, not only are you gaining a treasure each time, but you're also gaining three or four life as it comes into play. And if you ever get Charming Prince loops going with that, it's Agro Dexter's just can't win. You know, it's, it's a laughable matchup. Um, and I've also been messing around with uh, Jeskai... Yorian just playing pretty much red for just showdown and omen. Um, but it, it follows the same vein as the Abdan. It's just anti-creature Yorian style decks. I think those are kind of poised for a comeback. Just after talking to you that is it dragons is on the down low, Sultai Ramp is on the down low, Rogues would still mess these decks up. So that's that's the really bad point. 
Um, and Naya Winota, I don't think, is that auto-win matchup, even though it's a creature deck. It's still harder to deal with. Um, but I think it's a sleeper pick, and I think it could be okay as the Abzan deck. And I'm messing around with Jeskai. <laughs> I'm going to be I mean, streaming I, I, it. We'll, we'll try, but... Okay, you're streaming it yeah, today. You're doing yeah. your subathon today. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I mean, I actually like the idea, like what you're saying. I think Prosperous Innkeeper is a very absurd magic card. It really is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's goose, right? Like, it's two pieces of cardboard for a very cheap amount of mana. Yep. And it's in a color that wants to accelerate. And, like, like it seems awesome to be able to do that. Like, turn three Doom Foretold on the play with a creature to sack. You get their two drop. Oh my God. How do you come back? Yeah, I don't think they play Doom, but, uh, you know, that does sound nice. Oh, there's different lists. I mean, I haven't seen a list with both those cards yet, but yeah. like I saw Alexander Gordon Brown play, play Doom for Toll. Okay. I can't, I could not imagine wanting to play an Obzon deck into a creature format without yeah, it. Yeah, and Doom is kind of messed up. So I, I could for sure see that. Um, but I just want to bring up one thing that, uh, that you just mentioned. It's like Prosperous Innkeeper. I was playing on Versus where I was playing the Neowinota deck up against Mono White Aggro. And I just like put two Innkeepers into play and we're at a race situation, but I like played Winota, uh, onto a battlefield where Ross is pressuring me a lot with just an elite spellbinder that he keeps ticking up with Luminar Gasparin. And I play Winota and I have like five or six triggers and I, I can't actually kill him because he's at like 26, you know, and, and has a good amount of blockers. We've been out of stalemate. And I whiff a couple times, but I hit like a minced and I hit, you know, a couple other creatures to the point where I gained like, you know, 12 life or something and put myself mm -hmm. out of range with that. Even though I was tapped on attacking, he just still had to block enough where then he didn't have enough attackers coming back. And it was all because of Prosperous Innkeeper or I lose on the crackback because I didn't hit enough. It was... It was pretty crazy. So I think that card is also insane in Winona. Oh, no, it's insane it's in Winona so because insane. of that. Yeah. yeah, like I would go like Sentinel into that, into... I mean, I've attacked... I've gotten three triggers on turn three before. That's just disgusting. I put my Last night when I was playing, I put my opponent down to one. I went Jaspera Sentinel into Lotus Cobra, Jaspera, turn four Winona, and like hit Kenra. Well, that's just... The, yeah. I mean, it was the... That's night. just... that. That's just lucky because every time I cast the Winota, their head blows up. They never even let me do it. I know. They let me do it, and I got them to one, and I just kept running through the numbers. And I was like, is it possible to kill on turn three? And it, unless they, like, deal damage for whatever reason, I can only count. You can only 19 them with your best draw on turn three, which is, <laughs> is still crazy. But any deck killing on turn three is ridiculous and has to be respected. Any deck that can get you could, close, you, you, you could know? do more than nineteen. I think you can only. You get a you hit a Kenrith, Kenrith you hit a blade, and and then a three and a three one. Yeah, I guess that is lethal on turn three, isn't it? That's just those three are lethal, not even including the three attackers. Yeah, I, I, I think I only had two attackers. I just had like Jaspera into Cobra, okay, sure. into Winota, and hit just like Kenrith double striker, and it was like nineteen after I attacked with one or something, you know. So yeah, I guess you can just kill on turn three. I honestly think Naya Winota is closely represented in power level and how the game plays out to um, rally, to rally back in the day in standard. You have all these cards that synergize very well with each other, and then you have that over-the-top effect, rally, in this case Winota, that just ends the game. And it, it, it still kind of, it plays out like that a little bit to me. You think I'm way off in that uh, comparison? 
Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's similar. Yeah. I think the lesson you can teach is that, um, like I was saying earlier about Winota, is that like I've been playing to play a little bit slower games and just put pieces of cardboard onto the battlefield. Yeah. Um, and so that later in the game, I can position a Winota when I'm about to die and then kill them because yeah. like I have attacked where I will get to see every card in my deck. Yeah, you get like eight triggers. Um, it, it's crazy how yeah. many triggers you get with this deck. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and you just will hit your Kenrith, you'll hit your blades, your double striker. Hopefully they're not just all in the same pile, so you get screwed on that. Yeah. But but yeah, and also with all the treasures, all the Lotus Cobras, um, you know, I I was like activating my Kenrith to return Prosperous Innkeepers. Oh, God. I played a long game with that. <laughs> I've never activated the black side of Kenrith yet, but I've uh, I've wanted to. Yeah, I just put it in play. We got into a stalemate with Love Stark Beasts, and uh, I just put all my Prosperous Innkeepers, then played a Wynota and attacked again. Yeah, let's do a challenge here to see who the first one is of us to activate the draw card ability, okay? Just just flexing on people. In combat, draw card. Okay, kill you. <laughs> well, how about you? You're probably going to get it because you're going to stream before I do. Today. Yeah, that's fair, but I'm going to do some deck donations. I'm not just going to play all standard and stuff. So we'll oh, see. you've got some deck donations to yeah, start off with? Yeah, we're going to start off with some of those, yeah. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I think so. Let's just wrapping this up um, for anyone that's still listening. I think given the information I have now on Wednesday afternoon, I I will be playing three more nights of streaming before they open. And so if you keep up with my content, you'll know where I'm going to be at by Friday. But if you're if you want to practice at all going into this weekend, my advice is to um, look at Teamer Winota, it's or sorry, Naya Winota. It's a very fun deck. Yep. Um, and then the deck that I think has the most room to grow and evolve, though, uh, is these these Gruel Magda decks, just because of the sideboard. Yeah. And a few of the cards in the main. I I just there's part of me thinks that like we are it is time to cleave. Yeah. And uh and I have just been like wanting to play this deck, but I, I could just get destroyed all all night long. Like with Winota, I went from like the percentages to. 50 or something i'm also like 14 and one i think with it so i mean that's pretty telling numbers to me if you're also just absolutely dominating there's been games where i've played with gruel i'm also crushing with gruel but maybe lost a little bit more but there's been games with gruel where i just like do mopey things and you know i just don't draw an Embercleave. i don't draw a goldspend and i just don't go over the top you know but and that's what i miss is like the floor is higher with gruel but the ceiling is lower and Naya Winota, you oh, know, the floor sure. is pretty fucking low because there's some bad cards, but the ceiling is through the roof. Yeah, and we might be at the spot where where Winota is finally the deck to play because yeah. of the upgrades that the, the, the format's given it. Prosperous Innkeeper yeah. is like the card it needed. Minx is pretty good in the deck. And Azika's Chariot is kind of unbanned for me a little bit. It wasn't very good yeah. in the last format because it just everything was a love struck beast, right? But now it can actually attack into things. And even if it can't, it produces the two creatures that trigger Winota and makes it ridiculous. So I think I think it's yeah. the best Azika's Chariot deck I've played for sure. And I love that card. Oh, yeah. You loved it from day one. <laughs> really did. The Cadillac is just too good. All right. Well, that is going to be our yeah. episode. I hope you all enjoy the content that we'll be continuing to stream. We'll both be playing the Arena Opens this weekend. I hope good luck in that or the SCG Tour, whatever you are playing. Yeah. Um. And this is the time where we are going to thank our sponsors. Now, uh, this podcast is fueled by patreon.com. Your support keeps us going. So you can go to patreon.com slash bachelor's podcast and get in. We always have a pre-show where we're setting things up. Do we do a lot of like 
you know, waking up, bullshitting, stuff like that. You can get that at our $5 a month tier. And then things ramp up and we're going to be doing a little bit of updating here. Once we're now settled, Corey and I live in the same city. We might be doing some content together. Yes. We're going to figure that all out once we actually can take a breath. Exactly. And that breath is going to happen after my stupid movers bring my stuff. Yeah, and after, you know, these Challenger gauntlets, MPL rivals gauntlets, you know, the whole stress of... Moving out of a house, cleaning a house, moving into a new house, buying stuff for that, setting up, also getting prepared for commentating. It's been a crazy time for all of us, but everybody who has been a patron, you know, we see you, we appreciate you so much, and we are going to be upgrading when we can exactly what Brad says, take a breath. So thank you so much for the support, everyone. It, it keeps us afloat, and we appreciate you. And without further ado, Our favorite part. it is time for the cast and crew. <laughs> All right, kick oh, us no. off, bro. I lost. Oh no, I lost the doc. You lost the doc. Give me a second. No, there it is. <laughs> I, I have so many different web pages up. <laughs> Just edit this part out. Make make it make it flow. Make it flow, Jonathan. And then don't edit this part out where I'm just saying about editing, so then it confuses people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're kicking things off with Adam, who is BBD's personal hype man. Well, B. Adam, you should have hyped him into actually showing up for the podcast this no week, man. No kidding. I mean, some people, you know, like uh, Phil, we don't actually know what he does. But at this point, I don't know if we know what BB does since he's just taking the day off. That's just unreal. More like a gripe man, am I right? <laughs> am I right? Knee slap, knee slap. Next up, we got Brandon. And that is the official BBP spokesperson slash scapegoat. So whenever there's some catastrophe that comes up, like our special guest, canceling on us via voicemail brandon's there to uh you know be the spokesperson and take the slack dude brandon we'll give you you know what i'll give brandon the uh the twitter account for a day let's do it let's do it that seems like <laughs> nothing right. bad could happen nothing <laughs> yeah next next up we got eric who is bbp's emotional support changeling now i don't know what an emotional support changeling really is but i do appreciate eric and those hugs are nice. They're really Eric's nice. Eric's emotional support has been very nice. So thank you, Eric. Thank you for all your support. Next up, we got our favorite person on the cast and crew, and that's Steve. Oh, fuck this. And that's Brad's moving truck driver. As we can see, Brad's truck driver has not arrived yet. But, you know, we'll just we'll talk to Steve, and hopefully we, uh, you know, can get this process sped up because Brad's starting to get a little angry. Steve changed jobs just to become my moving truck driver. And guess what, Steve? My moving truck driver, you, hasn't even left California. <laughs> my stuff is still on the west fucking coast, and it's been five weeks. Steve is a California boy and loving it. Oh, I, got the, I got the melody there <laughs> wrong a little bit. Sorry, Katie Perry. I butchered that. <laughs> All right, next up we got DJ, who is our official copycat now i don't know if that means that it's the copycat combo that you uh won your trip with yeah. speaking of which i saw that your picture of your stuff i love all of your uh national or your uh your state tr plaques and, yeah. and trophies up yeah, there i was i was praying that you were gonna comment on it and be like really are you hold are, what are those plaques behind those trophies i was just waiting for it uh, well, yeah. so I, I was I was hoping I don't even have a mantle. So could I bring my much more robust trophy collection over to your house? No, there's not enough room to for also that. put on the mantle. There's not enough room. But I literally told Tori, I was like, God, you know what would really look good on that mantle? And she's like, what? And I was like, two more trophies. So that's my goal in 2022, <laughs> just so it looks even. I need to win a couple of SCGs. <laughs> you can you can borrow mine for now, just so it looks. I cool. would like to. Yeah. I, 
I mean, I borrowed, uh, uh, you know, BBD loaned uh, me his his world uh, trophy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His world stuff. Yeah, maybe he'll mail that to me as well. I think I I need a world's trophy up there. That really tied the room together. <laughs> but or DJ could just be the Azekas Chariot driver. I've copied cats a lot in the last few days, so. Oh, he's just an Azekas Chariot. Yeah, DJ is just a Chariot. Wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. Next up, we got Bino Gatista. And, you know, once again, Bino was going to be on the podcast. And this is kind of messed up, Brad. But then a very special Brian Brondewin asked him to go on vacation with him. And he said yes. So now I don't know what they're conspiring, but. Who's oh, at be... least we know what happened to BBD. Yeah. Huh? At least we know what happened to BBD. I, I can't believe you still didn't answer the phone. Though. I know. It's still pretty rude. Like, they must really be conspiring. Maybe they're trying to start a new podcast. Mm, tis, tis, tis. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I mean, for for a white man in his 30s, is one podcast enough. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> one podcast can't hold my opinions that the world should We're know. We're looking at you, LSB. How many podcasts is he up to now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got S. Rudy, who is our business analyst. Uh, and you know what? We uh we we trimmed the fat this episode and I think we did a pretty good job. So maybe we need to analyze our hits on this one and see if we even need a special guest. Oh, we always need a special guest. Let's mm, get real. Mm, Next up, we got Inside Esports, and that is our esports event organizer on MTG Melee. I know Inside Esports has a big event going this weekend as well. It's their, the invitation. Summer series ends. Yeah, it's their invitational. Yeah. I, I didn't qualify for this one. Um, and you know, you can't really join it at this point. So if you know about the tournament, you're probably, there, no, there, there is, if, if you, if you are actually interested in playing it, I mean, it's, it's a tough weekend cause it's during the open weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of sucks that, I mean, they scheduled it so many months. Yeah. Out, so I don't know if they had, knew that there's an open weekend this weekend as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, they are running last chance qualifiers uh for yeah uh tomorrow. let me stop yeah i i think they ran they ran their last one yesterday i uh, that's just well tomorrow inside esports presents standard invitational qualifier tomorrow at okay. 11 05 a.m they just sent out a tweet yesterday and it was like the last chance maybe maybe it was the last historic event that's probably what it was i think it was the last historic uh, okay event. yeah then you got one more chance uh if you're listening to this bright and early on thursday and they've already announced also that uh, their next, their fall invitational will be in October. So okay. August, September into October, early October. Well, with the planning on, uh, or with how the events kind of overlap now, I'm guessing it's going to be October 31st or something. You know? <laughs> it's October 2nd. Okay, that's much better. I think that's the week before Worlds. Yes, it is. Yep. And then we, yeah, yep, week before Worlds. All right. Well, moving on, we've got Ian Pasella, who is BBT's leading resident pastafarian. And we actually, I had pasta a few nights ago. We ordered uh, Carabas for the first time. Ooh, did you like it? Well, we used to eat there yeah. um, back when we used to live here before. Um, I actually like Olive Garden more than Carabas. I actually hate Carabas, to be honest. Me and Tori thoroughly dislike Carabas. Not a fan. Yeah, it's 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 overpriced. Yeah, it's overpriced and OG. I mean, when you're there, you fam. So you're fam. Next up, we got Wapa, and that's Brad's personal barista and personal dog walker. But won't walk BBD because he's on vacation. Otherwise, normally yeah. completely fine. 
Exactly. And Adam, who are who is our ghostwriter, also wrote that last thing Corey said, along with everything else we say. So we take no fault for anything that we say exactly. or insult on anyone. Exactly. Very, very good. Including including our comments against LSV. Don't squash us like the bugs. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, both his podcasts are better than our one podcast, so we can't really talk too much here. He's yeah, I don't know what you're doing. You just, you just, you just never, you, 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 you never get in the the you never, the way of of a tiger. Yeah, you never poke the goat. You never poke the bear. You never poke All the right. goat. No, never poke All the right. goat. Well, that was my bad. Next up, we got David Watt, and that was our special guest screener. And David, what the fuck? I mean, you could have also on vacation. Yeah, David Watt is also on vacation with Bino Batista and BBD right now, so they're living it. No, this is not. I don't think we're gonna get here. But Paul Ka. <laughs> Zorowski, <laughs> who is BBD's wall staring photographer. Like Persona, uh, what what walls do you think Brian is is uh, staring at this week? I don't even know. I don't even know where he is. I don't know where he is either. He just did answer. Yeah, yeah I have no clue. Jerk, yeah. Anyways, we got Phil, and uh, you know what? We don't know what Phil actually does either, so I'm guessing Phil is just on vacation with BBD and the boys as well, so... <laughs> they're, they're doing so so many people are on vacation when we're working our ass Just off slaving away to be honest all right next up we've got jp is mangu's timestamp finder for those of you who mm. are still listening i don't know Mangucci uh used to get sick of listening to us ramble on before the magic so jp's job is to find the timestamp <laughs> for Mangucci because Mangucci is a diva yes, yes and yes. <laughs> uh, and so he can skip to that part where we start talking about but magic. you know what he's the ambassador of magic and always is a, a very positive force so we'll let him be a diva when it comes to this that's why we put his Obviously, own I love Mangucci. next up we got Sultan Abasi and that is our designated mana dark it's gotta be Magda today huh or wait Prosperous no, Innkeeper Sentinel. or Prosperous Innkeeper yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with just bare Sentinels because that's in both the top decks. Okay, okay, all right, we'll give it up to you. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy to me, though, that, like, that card was not thought to be good at all uh, when it was previewed. It is definitely making an impact now. Oh, I mean, I thought it was good. I, I love cards like that. It just took a while. Yeah, I thought it was trash, so I was wrong on that one. I mean, also, think of the format before when it was trash. Mm -hmm. Like, wasn't it, like, Euro decks and shit? I try to black those uh, bad times out. That's still this format, right? Fires and Uro and garbage oh, like that? Oh, give me that Fires back. That's the one thing. I need a Fires of Invention poster on the wall right next to a Yorian. <laughs> right next to a Yorian. Just to the right of it. So it looks like I go Fires into Yorian. Yeah, you know, you know, no one was going to do Jesper Sentinel stuff when there was like, like Soul Tie Reclamation or Team Reclamation. <laughs> and then the deck with the uh, the Sweeper, the 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 fire sweeper and stuff. Nah, yeah, all right. That, that makes was bad. Sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Am I next? Oh, uh, yeah, you're up. All right. Eric Nall, who is BBP head of health and safety. Now, Eric Nall has informed us that even though we are all isolated in our own offices, we still should wear masks. Oh, God. Eric Nall, you're, you're, you're wearing your mask, I'm right? I'm wearing a mask now because I got that memo from Eric Nall, but like, come on, man. Cut me some slack. Oh, see, I'm, 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 I'm going with like, uh, with that that Magda fashion where I just wear the mask anywhere but my mouth because I'm a rebel. Oh, okay, okay. They call those Trump support. <laughs> yeah, they, they... See, I wear a mask anytime I'm doing the podcast anyways because my puns are so sick, but, you know, anyways. Oh. Yeah. Next up, we got Gare Meldy, and that is our merch store manager. Uh, Gare, come up with some new ideas to get some shirts sold because last time I checked, 
I think we still sold just two, and that was to each of our mothers, and that's it. So not not great. So pick up some merch, y'all. Yeah, I think our dad is our biggest supporter. Yeah, yes. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Patrick, who's our office party coordinator. Also um, took the week off which, and is partying with BBD and Vino. Also, I think Patrick needs to uh, to to not think about office this time around. I think we need to pivot and think about your home warming party, because I'm getting excited. I hope you still have Yes, it. the week of the 9th, when uh, Jim Davis, the one who only comes to visit after these Challenger gauntlets, that week I'm having a housewarming party. So, Patrick, get to planning. Oh, that's awesome. It's going to be fun. The cans will be jammed. The ping pong will be played. The catches will be phrased, and it's going to be a good old time. The dogs will be bald. The dogs will be. Uh, <laughs> you're you're cutting the dogs. Are you getting them bald? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. They got to get a. They got to get that haircut. Right, I like it. Next up, they got to get that BBD fine haircut. <laughs> yeah, the bald bros. Yes. And then speaking <laughs> of that, memory just came across my Facebook of four years ago, like two days ago. Me and Christopher Larson were just in a towel walking the streets of Japan after he bicked my head. Good times, good times. Oh, that was a good time. <laughs> it really wasn't. Filippo's Galatas is next up. And uh, you know what? He got promoted, actually, to Corey's hype man. You know what? We just we just sit downstairs and yell all damn day, and it's awesome. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's great. It, it's just, I, I can't wait to hear Filippo's early, later today where it's just like, and welcome to another sub, Sub Bomb Squad. We just make that sound. We don't do a soundboard thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we got Laura, who is our chief executive officer, holding us down, keep steering the ship, right? Yeah. Just keep it. Thank us you for place. all of your support, Laura. Love you, Laura. Next up, we got Victor, and that is Brad's first place trophy holder. Victor's actually going to be doing some work for me. Uh, going to be taking yeah. your first place trophies and bringing them over here for my mantle. Yeah. Yeah, dude, take yeah. them. I, 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 when we were packing, I even said, "Do I have to bring my trophies?" I keep trying to just throw them away. I don't know what that says about yeah. me. But when I'm packing, I'm like, I would rather just get rid of them than have to safely put them in because like some of them just get broken and in, in transport yeah see that shows the big difference of me and you i i have not even my north dakota state championship plaques because i win so little that i really gotta soak up all i got you got extra trophies you're you know wiping your butt with and oh stuff. i try well i want to get them home I, I i need to just make a box and send them i want them at my mom's house she doesn't want them <laughs> she doesn't um, want them they, but i want them there well there's no room there's no room for them really okay okay fair enough fair enough like i don't even know if i got back the trophy i gave grandma yeah good i have point. no idea I, yeah that just stayed at that her, one's big that too. just stayed at her house i guess just, just yeah. whoever lives there now just has a giant trophy that they have no idea what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's probably all it was. I think they just left the house. I think my, I think my mom, I think my mom might have picked it up. I can't okay, remember. Okay, gotcha. All right, you're up. Oh, I have to do the you last one. You got the one? last and most important job. Who is also on right, vacation doc- with Brian, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, I, my joke is going to be like, Dr. Unks is our resident partologist and says Brian's on vacation. One of us is going to have to take the load. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I do got to make sure I'm ready for this long stream. I got to make sure everything's flowing right. <laughs> all right. Well, that does it. Thank you again for all of our supporters on Patreon.com. We truly appreciate you. We have a sixth and final tournament sponsored by BCW that we need to plan. Yeah. We've I know that it's been months. But trust me, we are just keeping our head above water. 
I think after um, that NPL we, have, run, like, we just do it right away that week and we do something fun. You know, that would be my I guess. kind of want, I kind of am thinking about, maybe we have to talk about it, but like maybe doing it in a few weeks. Uh, the, oh no, the weekend after Jim Davis, when does Jim, when are you doing stuff with Jim? Jim comes like the ninth and he, I'm guessing is leaving like right when those new cards come out. For oh, historic. so we're we going to do that new historic. It's just going to be madness. That's what I was yeah. thinking on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Hey, as long, it, well, it's, uh, we're talking August here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They come out on August 12th. So we could do the tournament on like Sunday, the 15th. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds, uh, that sounds awesome. That sounds really fun. The only thing is people getting wild cards that early. I want to be somewhat gentle on people so that they don't have to just drop a bunch of money to play in our tournament. So maybe give them a week, but we, we can figure that out, but that would be fun. Yeah, we got to figure it out. But then the next week is like the week before and like gauntlet stuff, yeah. or maybe it's two weeks. I don't know. I have to figure out my schedule. I need to put stuff in a calendar. Yeah. Get yourself a planner. I do have it. I do have it, but I just don't have like all the events. In yeah, there. that's fair. That's fair. But we'll figure it out. We haven't forgotten about it. We'll still have another tournament for our supporters. So anybody who is in the patron uh, will gain access to that tournament. And it's always a blast. These honestly have been my favorite tournaments. It's just, we stream them. Our community shares their screens in discord. We BS in there. It's always a good time. It is always a great yeah. time, but all right. Thank you so much, everyone for listening. Now, Corey's going to go and do a subathon. Good luck with Thank that, you. bro. I'm going to work on my article before my stream. And uh, <laughs> if there's an, if there's a, a, a stretch goal or whatever on there that I can help with, I could always like, uh, chat in and we could battle or something. Yeah, so. sounds great to me. All right, I'll be hanging out in your chat and I love you all for listening to our podcast. We'll see you next week. Good luck in the tournaments this weekend and bye. bye.